morning once again. It's, uh, so, while well, we were worshiping, and I was, obviously, oh, there we go. It's my fault. <laughs> while well, we were worshiping, and st- I was standing in the back with, uh, with the guys in the sound system, I was thinking, next time that I preach on pride, I will not tell you guys ahead of time. Last week we had a full house. This, this week is like, oh, he's going to preach on pride again, right? I'm like, oh, man, what a mistake. Uh, no, it's not a mistake. I'm just joking with you guys. Uh, it, it is a blessing to be able to come to a second part of um, this uh, subject that is not very liked by many people. Uh, last week we began on this subject of pride. And, and we said last week I, I, I was talking to you guys about the fact that pride is a very difficult topic to talk about because most people don't think it applies to them. It's just reality. Most people will never, uh, you know, it, it, it would really be, it, it would be really hard for them to accept the fact that we all have a certain level of pride, different levels of pride for sure, pride for sure but, but, but pride, you know, it's pride. And it's, it's, been, it's been called one of the seven deadly sins. So uh, between all the sins, all the seven deadly sins, pride is number one. And um, this is our second week. So pride, we said last week, pride is the foundation of everything else that is going wrong in our lives. So if we really, if we really care, let me put it to you this way. If we really care about fixing certain things in our lives, one of the things we need to really work on, it's on pride. Because pride is one of the foundational things that is going on wrong in our lives. So, uh, to illustrate that, we talk about one of the stories, uh, a man called Haman last week in the book of Esther. And we went over that story. We, uh, you know, we broke record because we did the whole, almost the whole book of Esther in, in, in one sermon, right? Uh, so we, we, we saw an overview of that book, and we, we were talking about the fact that this man got so prideful, and his life is one of the many people in the Old Testament whose life are examples of when you become prideful, what happens to you? And a lot of times, one of the problems with pride is that we don't even realize that we are prideful sometimes. So because we're not aware of it, a lot of times we keep on living life the way we do. We keep on living life the wrong way, in a prideful way, because we don't realize that we are prideful. And one, uh, we went over seven things last week when we saw his story, the story of this man, Haman. We came up with seven things. The pride leads to conflict. So he was a person who was bringing conflict, often conflict, because of his pride. Oh, another thing that happened to this man is the pride leads to blindness. So he, he got blinded by his pride, and he began doing and planning evil things in his life against other people, especially the Jewish people, just because his pride blinded him. Pride leads to failure. His plans fail, his life fail, and, and we saw in the story how this man, not just he, he, he wasn't the only one who paid the consequence of his pride, But others pay the consequence of his pride, including his ten kids. Pride leads to disgrace. Pride leads to evil. Pride leads to opposition from God. And eventually, pride leads to self 
destruction. And one of the things that God desires to, for, for us not to go through is that we, uh, we don't go through the, our self-destruction. Pride is self-destructing. Pride can easily take the best. Uh, it, it, pride can take the best of us. In Muhammad Ali's uh, heydays as a heavyweight champion in boxing, he, he was taking a plane, a, a 747 plane, uh, you know, and, and the plane was, uh, was um, starting to taxi down the runway for takeoff. And he wasn't wearing his seatbelt. So the flight attendant walked by and noticed that he didn't have, Ali didn't have his uh, seatbelt, uh, you know, fastened. So uh, the flight attendant said, please fasten your seatbelt, sir. And he looked up proudly. You know how Muhammad Ali was, if you know about boxing. So he looked up proudly and snapped and said, Superman don't need no seatbelt. And the flight attendant didn't hesitate to stare at him. And she stared at him and said, Superman don't need no plane, sir. <laughs> so, put on your seatbelt or get out. But he was so prideful. It was like, Superman don't need no seatbelt, right? Superman don't need no plane. Get out. Prideful person can easily be put to shame like that. Today we're going to go on talking about this subject because we need to understand. Last week we saw the story of pride and the consequence of that story. Today I want to talk to you guys about what pride is in itself. So we're going to start with that basic question. Pride is a terrible and evil thing that can possess anyone who's not mindful. It can transform you in a person that God hasn't made you to be. So we need to understand what is pride. What is pride? Uh, for us to be able to understand what pride is, we need to understand where pride came from. Because every time we act proud in the wrong way, because there, there is a good way of being proud, and we'll talk about that today. But when we act proud, we're not imitating Christ. When we act proud and arrogant... We're imitating the person who began with this issue of pride, this sin of pride. So where, where did pride originate from? Satan. Satan. Pride is what got Lucifer, who was the leader in heaven back in those days. Now Satan, who got that, that pride is what got him demoted. Ezekiel chapter 28, verse 17, the, the, prophet told, the prophet said about Satan, Your heart was proud because of, of, of your beauty. You corrupted your wisdom for the sake of your splendor. I cast you to the ground. I exposed you before kings to feast their eyes on you. To feast their eyes on you. He was a prideful leader. In Isaiah, Isaiah 14, 12, verse 12 to 15, it says that uh, God tells about Satan, How you are fallen from heaven, O day star, son of dawn. How are you, how you are cut down to the ground, you who laid the nations low. You said in your heart, I will ascend to heaven above the stars of God. I will set my throne on high. I will sit on the mountain of the assembly in the far reaches of the north. 
I will ascend above the highs of the cloud. I will make myself like the most high. And God says, but you are brought down to Sheol, to the far reaches of the pit. Notice that in those verses, Satan says, I, five times. And one of the things that pride does, or a prideful person does, is that it's so self-focused, so self-centered. That everything is I, everything is I, 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 I. It's like the world revolves around that person. I will ascend, I will exalt, I will also uh, sit on the mountain, I will be like the Most High, I will, I will be like Lucifer when I become prideful. God's desire for believers, God's desire for Christians is for us to follow the example of our Lord Jesus Christ, to follow the steps of Jesus Christ, not of the enemy of our lives. When we run our lives on our, our own way, when we, when we run things our own way and we become prideful and we think only we know what's best for us, away from God, we feel like we don't need God. We are taking the place of God in our own lives. Like, I know what to do with my life. is basically you're taking God's place in your own life. And that is a recipe for destruction. Proverbs 16, 18 tells us that pride goes before destruction. That's what happens when a person gets prideful. When a person becomes prideful, you will go to destruction. You're, the, the end is going to be destruction. If you want to predict your failure, see if you're operating on pride. If you're operating on pride, you are predicting your own destruction. No matter what, no matter what you do, no matter who you are. Pride will bring destruction. First Peter chapter 5 verse 5 tells that the God opposes the proud. God opposes the proud. And we'll look a little more into that verse uh, in, in a few minutes. God hates pride. And the Greek word for, for this is antitazo. We'll talk about that word in a minute too. Which means God is battling against you if you are prideful. He fights. He purposely stands against you. He goes for you against you. He goes to get you when you become prideful. That word is pretty strong. And, and, and the prideful are at war with God, basically. And so Satan began with the sin of pride. That was his sin. That was what threw him out of heaven. Adam and Eve. What got him out of the garden? What got Adam and Eve out of the garden was their pride. Was their pride. Why? Because they saw the tree they saw and what God, they knew what God had told them not to do and what they could do and what they shouldn't do. And then when Satan says, you know what, God only wants you to avoid taking of the, the, the forbidden fruit just because God knows that once you take the, from that fruit, you will be just like God. Oh man, I can be just like God. Knowing good and evil. Oh, that's, that's, that's a good thing. And so, Adam and Eve also, first thing, was because of pride. One of the things about pride, what pride is, God Almighty has a specific purpose for His creation. He created everything, the Bible says that God created everything perfectly. 
according to the purpose he had in mind and confirm that they are all good. All, all what God did was good. They are all good because they came out perfectly according to God's plans and would work according to his purposes. So pride is a terrible and evil thing that possesses anyone who is not mindful and transform you into a person God didn't make you to be. So when you become that person who God didn't make you to be, when you are not fulfilling God's purpose for you in your life, you want to fulfill your own purpose in life, you become prideful against God. You are not walking according to His will. Everything He made was good. So when you do the contrary of what He made you for to be, and you become prideful. And you can become and and be transformed into a person God did not make you to be. Pride began with Satan. It came down to the human race from Adam and Eve and from there on. Pride is thinking that a lot of times that we are better than others. or, or, Or that we are better than you really are. Look at what Romans chapter 12, uh, Romans 12, 3 says that, uh, that, that because of the privilege and authority God has given me, the Apostle Paul told the Romans, I give, you each, uh, I give each of you this warning. I'm warning you. Don't think you are better than you really are. Don't think that you are better than you really are. Be honest. In your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourself by the faith God has given us. Don't think you're better than you than, than what you really are. So a classic definition of pride. Here is a classic definition of pride. Uh, it is one of um, it is the one put forward by a medieval Jewish philosopher Baruch Spinoza. He said Baruch Spinoza said pride is thinking more highly of oneself than is just. Out of love for oneself. In other words, pride is inordinate self-esteem arising out of self-centeredness. It's like me, me, me. In other words, what I said before, the world revolves around me. Have you ever made a person like that? You know, maybe... You got in so close that you sleep with that person, you're, maybe you are that person. Now, a lot of times we behave that way. You know, you know today I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be more honest with you than ever. <laughs> you know a lot of times why we get bothered or why we get offended? The reason, the main reason we get offended is because of our pride. You offended me. A lot of times we forget as believers that the Bible says, Peter said, love cover multitude of sins. We rather to go on with our pride and feel offended and make other people feel bad because you offend me, you hurt me. And all that is, is a bunch of pride. How dare you? Instead of us taking the stand of saying, love will cover multitude of sins. Well, pride makes you the center. God wants you to put others as better than yourself. Philippians chapter 2, verse 3 and 4 says, Do not be selfish. And let me tell you, selfish and pride go hand to hand. It's like they're, they're twin brothers. 
Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. Thinking of others as better than yourselves. Is that what we see today in the world? Is that what we see today in the world? You, you know, one of the reasons... Uh, uh, there is a friend of mine who likes to go on, on this social media, and he goes on Instagram a lot. And, and he told me, no, no, uh, he goes, Instagram is, uh, you know, you, it's okay, you can keep on using Facebook, you're an old man. Uh, he's a younger guy, so I'm like, okay. So what's Instagram? Oh, Instagram is basically, he says, just for people to show off. They want to put everything they have, they want to put all the luxuries, and a lot of times it's fake stuff. They're just competing with one another. It's like they want to look like if they're better than others. I said, ah, that's cool. I might have it, but I'll stay away as much as I can from that. I can care less for that stuff. But think of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interest, but take an interest in others too. Now, I'm going to clarify the concept of of pride so we don't misunderstand this. Pride is not to be confused with self-respect. Okay, I want to make sure I clear this up for you guys. Pride is not to get confused with self-respect. Self-respect has to do with dignity. So a lot of times people have self-respect for themselves. That's not pride. That is self-respect has to do with dignity. As God's creation, not as merit. Pride has to do with merit. I deserve this. Dignity has to do God created me. I have to have self-respect for myself. That's a big difference. The person with self-respect has her, her or his pride, but is out of dignity. That means he or she are not are ashamed to violate their conscience, not that she or he thinks that she or he are better than other people. Self-respect is indispensable. Uh, it's, it's, it's necessary, actually. Self-respect is necessary in life to have a life of virtue. It is the skeleton of the soul to have self-respect that protects integrity by preventing the wrong sort of flexibility in your life. So pride should also not be confused with proper self-esteem. I heard so many preachers through the years always talking bad about self-esteem, self-esteem, self-esteem. No, no. There is proper self-esteem. There is a dangerous self-esteem. And there is proper self-esteem. Christians are sometimes quick to condemn all self Self-satisfaction, self-esteem as an expression of sin. But the proper self-esteem comes out from Romans chapter 12, verse 3. Self-esteem, proper self Remember, I mentioned the word proper self-esteem is the result of evaluating oneself with sober judgment. In other words, don't think... What, what did Romans 12, 3 said? He said, don't think that you are better than you really are. So know yourself... Know that you are worth what the price of the blood of Christ paid for you. You are worth. You have worth within you. But don't think you are better than that. When you think you're better than who you are, that's when the wrong self-esteem comes in. So be honest in evaluating yourself. In other words, have sovereign judgment about who you are. It is not based on portfolios, beauty contests, or social prominence. 
It is the fruit of a clear eye assessment of who you really are. You need to assess yourself of who you really are. Have the proper self-esteem. Have self-respect for yourself. That's different than pride. So I want to make sure we don't get confused those two things. Uh, uh, finally, pride is not to be confused also with being, be, feeling proud. Like, for example, if you have kids or grandkids and they're playing a game and, and they're playing baseball and boom, one of them hits a home run, you, you, you go up to them and you say, I feel proud of you. There's nothing wrong with that. Feeling proud and being proud is two different things. Feeling proud is a transitory emotion. In other words, will pass. You are proud of that person or that event in that moment because of what just happened. But as a person uh, feels proud, you can be proud. And say, my grandson or my son is the best. Nobody like him. Then that's a different story. Now you become prideful. But to tell another person, in other words, when, you, when, when your focus is on the other person, not on you, then feeling proud, it's okay. It's okay to do that. And so we need to understand pride shouldn't be confused with self-respect. Pride shouldn't be confused with self-esteem. Pride shouldn't be com- confused with feeling proud for somebody's accomplishment. Now, now that we know these things, we know what pride is. It's, it's self-centeredness. Pride is a sin. Uh, now that we know that pride is thinking more highly of oneself, that the pride is, is, is something wrong. It's, the, it's what's wrong with, you know, the basis of what's going wrong with our society and our lives. So, now we need to know, how does God feel about this? How does God feel about pride? Number one, God hates pride. He doesn't hate the person. But God hates the attitude of pride and arrogance. Proverbs chapter 8, verse 13, it says, All who fear the Lord will hate evil. Therefore, this is what the Lord says, I hate pride and arrogance. So when a person acts pridefully, when a person acts in pride and is arrogant and prideful, you're on the side where you're acting, you're having an attitude God hates. And the outcome is not going to be positive. You cannot be arrogant and prideful and do what's not what God doesn't appreciate, what God doesn't like, what God actually hates, and believe that the outcome is going to be positive. Think about something you, you just can't stand. That's how God... You know, think about something you just can't stand for a minute, for a second. And, and, and just, that's how God feels about a prideful person. I just can't stand them. I just can't stand that attitude of pride. So we need to really examine ourselves. As we're, as we're dealing with situations, with issues in life, with other people, are, are we doing it in a prideful way? Are we being arrogant? Is it only my way or the highway? Is it that way with our lives? Or do, are we open to have conversations? Or are we open to talk about it? Or are we just expressing ourselves just so people can see that we have a point? God doesn't like that stuff. Proverbs chapter 16 verse 5, it says that the Lord detests the proud. 
they will surely be punished. So sooner or later, we pay the consequence of our attitude of pride. Proverbs chapter 6, verse 16 and 17, the six things the Lord hates. Yes, seven are an abomination to Him. Look at what that seven is. The number one of those seven is a proud look. A proud look. Even the slightest appearance, because a proud look is appearance. So even the slightest appearance of pride in one's facial expression, a proud look, is repulsive to God. It's repulsive. God does not appreciate that stuff. God is calling us, be humble, Jesus said, just as I am. Be humble just as I am. God hates pride because it's the manifestation of the deepest depravity. The root cause of all forms of sin is pride. So God doesn't just hate pride, but there's a second thing. God opposes the proud. He opposes the proud. First Peter 5, 6, 5, 5 and 6, it says, In the same way, you who are younger must accept the authority of the elders. Peter here is giving counsel to the younger people, the younger believers, telling them, you know what, take the counsel of the elders. They got more experience. They know better than you in life. Have you ever tried to talk to a young person, and when, they, when you try to give him an advice, he's like, no, no, I already know what to do. No, no. And you're trying to be, I'm telling you, because I already, where you are, I've been there. I already experienced that stuff. I don't want you to make the same mistakes I tell you, I've I, I done. And they're like, no, 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 I don't need to hear it. I already know what to do. I know better than you. You're too old. You don't know. I heard that before. I've been told that before. Yeah, you don't understand. I'm like, okay. Keep on going. And then, so Peter tells them, And all of you, dress yourself in humility as you relate to one another. <coughs> For God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. And that word oppose, I mentioned it before, is the word antitazo. Antitazo in the Greek is a verb. So it's active. So he actively opposes the proud. In other words, when you are prideful, God is actively coming against you. Yes. Be prideful, and God will be actively coming against you. The definition is, is to range in battle against you, to set oneself against. So God sets himself, and he says, oh, you're being prideful, I'm going against you. I'm going to tackle you down. It, it, this term was used as a, as a very old military term. It was used for placing a soldier in a specific platoon with a specific function in order to attack or to resist the enemy. So God sees you as an enemy who needs to be resisted when you are prideful. Well, that's a dangerous thing right there. I don't want God to come against me. Because He will come against me and guess who's going to win? He is. James chapter 4 verse 6, But He gives more grace. Therefore, it says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Number three, not, not just, he, 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 he don't just hate pride. He don't just opposes the proud, but God also stays away from the proud. 
Oh, you want to be prideful? You think you, you think you can do it all by yourself? Then I, you know, you don't need me. I'm staying away from you. Psalm chapter 138 verse 6. Uh, Though the Lord is great, He cares for the humble, but He keeps His distance from the proud. A, a lot of times, the proud person is when I wonder why God doesn't answer my prayers. Well, don't wonder anymore. Just read Psalm 138. Don't wonder anymore. If God is not listening or answering to your prayers, maybe your pride is so much. Uh, one of the things pride does is pride looks down on people. And a lot of times we are looking down on people so much that we don't have the time to look up to God. So He's away from us when we become prideful. He keeps the distance from the proud. It damages your relationship with God. Sometimes the, the prideful don't realize that God is not even listening to your prayers. A, a, a lot of times, in, in Peter, Peter says in First Peter chapter 3, he, he says that a lot of times, if you have an issue with another person, if you have an issue with your husband, with your wife, and, and you come before God and you haven't fixed that issue, God is not even listening to your prayers. Because you are so prideful that you don't, you're not willing to go fix that problem with, with your neighbor. With the person closest to you. But you want to come and pray to God. You want to come and worship God. And God says, no, 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 no. That's not the way it works. And the Bible says He doesn't even listen to our prayers when it comes to that. Number three, how can I know I'm prideful? So we know what pride is. We know how it, how it begins. And we know how God feels about it. So I, I, should, I should be aware and worry about how do I know I'm not prideful? How do I know that I'm, I'm a prideful person? How can I examine myself? It's very simple. I can give you a list of a hundred things, but we wouldn't have time, right? So I'm, I'm going to give you a few only. I'm going to give you a few things. A prideful person is a person who ignores God. They can call themselves Christians. And they can say, oh, I love God, I love God. But when it comes to the Word of God, well, the Word of God says this, but, you know, it, it was hurtful this week. I don't know when this happened. But there is a very well-known preacher in the Atlanta area. It hurt so much because I admired this guy. I admire him so much that I, I always listen to his sermons and his eloquence and everything. And it's like, and he's the son of another well-known preacher who's a really good guy. He's, a, you know, he's an eminence. I mean, this guy is amazing as preacher, his dad. And then he becomes a preacher of a huge church. Both of them have big churches in, in, in Atlanta, in Georgia. And then he said, this week it was amazing. Um, and again, I don't know when this happened, but I only find out this week. He, he, he had a, one of those uh, monitors. And he's right next to his monitor. He's putting a family of seven people, two men... A woman and a, and, a, and, a, and, a, and, a, and a boyfriend and the two kids. And there had been a divorce between two of them and that. But all of them were worshiping together. But now the husband left the wife for a man. And now these men, these other men had been married with another person also who was still married to that person but now living together. But they're beautifully worshiping, worshiping together in the church. 
And we should be, you know, we should have no problem with that. And then somebody confronted him and said in an interview, you know, but you know what the Word of God says. And he goes, oh, I know what the Word of God says. I know the verse, I know the other verse, and he became very sarcastic. He just, he goes, I know this verse, I know this verse, I know this verse. He wasn't telling, he wasn't quoting the verses. He was just saying, I know this verse, and that, and this, and that, da, 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 da. That's what the Bible says. But that's not really what the Bible says, he goes. That's what Peter said, that's what Paul said. That's not what the Bible says. And the other guy is like, he couldn't even believe. His pride, his arrogance was like, I don't want to lose people from my church because I preach the Word of God the way I should. And it doesn't mean we don't love people with preferences like that. We love them. And if they come, we will, we will let them come and say, but, but we will talk to them about what the Bible says. Because, you know, we should be concerned more in praising God, in, in honoring God, in honoring God's Word, then be arrogant and say, no, 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 no. God's Word? Forget it. So prideful people ignore God. It's like they don't really even care what God's Word says anymore. But they claim to be preachers from the pulpit. Imagine what the average person in the church feels like. It is a sad thing to ignore God. Let me be even more honest with you. Our country has been going downhill, not uphill. Guess why? Because of our arrogance. Because of our arrogance. And we're just keep continue digging our hole, digging our hole. And that's what, a pri- that's what a prideful person does. They continue digging a hole, digging a hole, digging a hole just deeper and deeper and deeper because we're ignoring God so much. We're ignoring God so much. Psalm, one, Psalm 10, verse 4, it says, In the pride of his face, the wicked doesn't seek God. What do I need God for? I have me. All his thoughts are, there is no God. And, and guess what? Do you really think they believe there is no God? No, they don't really believe there is no God. They just don't want to accept there is God because they don't want to be accountable to God. If they ignore God, they think, oh, if I ignore God... It's like those people who get caught in doing something bad. And they've been told, you know, all you got to say is, I didn't do it, I didn't do it, I didn't do it. And it's like, it's going to happen. People are going to believe you, you didn't do it. Man, I hear so much of that stuff. And it just amazes me the way people... I just saw you doing it. No, I didn't do that. I didn't do that. I just caught you with another woman in bed. The wife tells the man, and he, and he goes, I didn't do that. I didn't do that. That wasn't me. That wasn't me. I just saw you. And it's, it, it's something people keep on saying. Just say, just don't accept your fault. Just don't accept that you made a mistake. Just don't accept it. And it's like, if it's going to become real... There's no God, there's no God there, so I can live my life the way I want it. It's, it's pride that ignores God. So if you ever ignore, if you take the Bible and you go like, wait a minute. Oh, sorry, I know I, know I shouldn't go down because they're filming over there. So if I get a Bible and I go like, oh, wait, this page doesn't apply to me. Let me rip it. It's good for other stuff, right? But not for me, for, for me to read it. 
Ah, oh, this, I like it. God is love, and, and God lets me do this, God lets me do that. And, ah, oh, this is not good. It says I got to stay away from, uh, uh, I like that stuff. Let me reap it again. That's pride. When we ignore God. N- number two, how do I know I'm prideful? A prideful person does not live in harmony with other people. You might have a small group of people here and there that you kind of get along. But if you're prideful, you have issues with a lot of people all the time. Some, uh, uh, Romans chapter 12, verse 16, it says, Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Be willing to associate with other people. Don't think you're better than they are. Be willing to associate. Live in harmony with other people. And the question I have for you is, do you associate with everyone in church? Do you associate with the people you you, you cross paths in church, at your job, at home? Or do you pick who to say hi to? You know, I heard the other day, somebody said, somebody said to me, all the months that I've been here, I never met a certain person. I was like, really? Yeah, never. Don't know who that person is. I'm like, wow. I know, I pick who I associate myself with. During Muhammad Gandhi, during the time he was a student, and he's a student, he's a student date, he read the gospel. Did you know that? Gandhi read the gospel. And thought that maybe he had found the cure to the caste system of India. You know what the caste system of India is, right? Where, where there is no way, you will not relate to the, uh, it's like saying, uh, uh, you know, the uh, high, mid, uh, lower, lower, high, um, I mean, mid, high, lower, uh, mid, mid, lower, and low. Um, so the caste system in India, you don't relate, you, you cannot mix. You will not mix at all. One cast would not even look at the other. You're too low for me. You're too little for me. You're despicable to me. It's like, that's what the caste system is. So he said when he read the Gospels, check, check this out. When he read the Gospels, he said, I think I found the, the solution to the caste system in India. So he decided to go to church. And ask the minister, um, he, he wanted to ask the minister how to become a Christian. However, uh, when he entered the building, the usher, watch out ushers, are you guys, uh, they're sitting out there, huh? He asked one of the, uh, you know, one of the ushers refused to give him a seat and suggested 
that he should go worship with his own people. To Gandhi. Gandhi left that church and never returned. He said to himself in one of his writings, he wrote this, If Christians have a caste difference also, I might as well remain a Hindu. Sometimes we can, we can easily do that. Go worship with your own people. There's no your own people here. It's God's people. If, if we are believers, our pride and our arrogance can get the best of us. So we should never make distinctions of person, James says. A prideful person... Here's another thing you got to look at and examine yourself. Do you belittle people? Do you belittle people? Proverbs 11:12 says, "Whoever belittles his neighbor lacks sense, but a man of understanding remains silent." In other words, the, the people who belittle people, they usually see themselves as more than others. They're bigger, they're greater than others. Number four, a prideful person thinks they know it all. Have you ever met a person who, you like, man, what am I, what am I going to tell you? You know everything. Oh, I know that. I know that. I know that. It, it, it drives me crazy when I meet people like that. It, it, you try to tell them something. No, I know that. It's like, okay, I might as well not, not tell you anything. You already know it. Proverbs 26, uh, 12, it says, do you see a man who is wise in his own eyes? There's no, there's, there's, there is more hope for a fool than for a person who sees wise in their own eyes. They know it all. So they don't take advice. If you're a person who doesn't take advice easily, you have to examine yourself. What I'm trying to do here is I want you to examine yourself. So if you're a person who thinks, you know, if you're a person who ignores God and you speak the things in the Bible that you like and not the ones you don't like, if you're a person who has conflict with others constantly, that you don't live in harmony because you always try to put your preference over others, then if you are a person who sees difference, who are prideful and belittles other people, if you're a person who thinks you know it all, let me tell you, you've got to examine yourself and really search your heart because, because God hates the prideful. Number five, a prideful person is a person who brags about them, themselves. You know that the Bible says, uh, Proverbs 27, 2, let someone else praise you, not your own mouth. So let other people say, man, that person is good, amazing, great, good, whatever. Let other people praise you. But when you hear a person saying, oh, I did this, oh, I did that, I did this, I did that. Sounds like the devil, right? In Isaiah, in, in, in the book of Isaiah, I, 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 I. Once there go five eyes, you're just like him. Proverbs 27, 2. Let someone else praise you, not your own mouth. A stranger, not your own lips. Number six. A prideful person gossips. 
Have you ever heard people gossiping and talking bad about ne- negative about other people? So when somebody comes and talks bad about another person, or talks uh, negative about another person, what that person is doing is like, that person is so bad, they don't do this, they don't do this. That means you do it. That means you're better than they are. Be very careful, because when you, when you gossip, and you talk bad about other people, Leviticus chapter 19, it says that you are attempting against a person's life. And the Lord will repay you accordingly. I mean, if we knew these things about the Bible, we would be very careful when we talk negative about a person. One thing is to be constructive criticism. Another thing is to talk negative with the purpose of saying, no, they're wrong, I'm right. That's pride. Psalm 101, verse 5, I will not tolerate people who slander their neighbors. Careful when you slander their neighbor. Look at the way they park. Woo! Look at, they didn't put the other right. <coughs> Look at the way they are. Look at the way they smell. Look at the things they eat. Careful with that. I will not endure conceit and pride. You want to know if you're prideful? Compare yourself. Do you compare yourself with others? I'm a sinner, but I'm not that bad. You remember what the Pharisees said? When Jesus gave the example of the people, the person who went being justified and the one who went and didn't get justified by God. And the Pharisee was like, God, God, I am so proud of the fact that I'm not like that tax collector over there. I'm not that bad. Oh, I'm so glad I go to church. I'm not like those people who are hanging out in the park over there smoking weed. I'm so... Careful with that. God calls you to go talk to them about Christ. Did you know that? I hope you remember that. Oh, I can't stand this person. I can't stand that person. You know what? Maybe God puts you in their lives so you can share the gospel with them. Be careful with that. Do you, do you compare yourself with others? Do you, do you like to make fun of people's imperfections? I remember that. <laughs> I remember when people, and, and, and people still do. There are some people that still do make fun of my, my English, my accent. And I just laugh. I'm like, well, at least I understand three languages. And I can speak pretty much all three. But people have made fun of me. And when they do stuff like that, you hear that? You hear the way he said it? And I just laugh. I'm like, oh man, there cannot be more ignorance than that and pride. That's cool. I don't mind. That's why I don't care. But do you do that? If you do that, you're prideful. You're prideful. Have you heard people saying, you're in the United States, you're supposed to talk English? Says who? Says who? Seriously. 
I heard that before. And guess what? I asked a person who told me that. Because they heard me translating to an old, old lady. And I was translating to this old lady what the, what the security guard was telling them at the DMV. And when I said that, another person came all prideful and arrogant and saying, you're supposed to talk English in the United States. And I said, says who? And here I am, the defender of this old lady. And I'm like, I had no idea who she was. But that got me going. And I'm and like, well, the Constitution... I said, have you read the Constitution? can't be so wrong. The Constitution says there is no official language in the United States. Did you know that? Maybe not. Read the Constitution. But it's amazing how prideful and arrogant people can talk to others and belittle people. Now, do, do you easily get offended? I said that before. When you easily get offended, a lot of times you easily get offended because you're prideful and arrogant. Do you easily get angry? I'm not asking you to think, do others get easily angry? I'm telling you, think about you. Do you easily get offended? Do you easily get angry? That's pride. Do you enjoy serving others without being acknowledged? Or do you like people to acknowledge you? Oh, look at Oh man, you know, we got to get recognized. The Bible says you got to recognize those who serve among you. But not like that, not in a prideful way. When you are not satisfied with what you have, do you think you deserve more? Have you ever heard people saying, I deserve more? Hmm. Do you easily accept that a problem you had with another person was your fault? Do you easily accept that it was your fault? Or are you like Adam and Eve? No, no, Lord, it was the woman you gave me. And the woman, what did she say? No, Lord, it was the serpent. You put the serpent in the garden. It must be your fault after all. Can you be more prideful than that? Oh, man. What are the dangers of pride? What are the dangers of pride? Pride goes before destruction, Proverbs 16. The dangers of pride is that you can lose all that God has given you because of pride. You can lose and destroy everything God has given you. Uh, so I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm to have to skip some of this stuff. But do you remember, I, I'm not going to read the verses, but do you remember uh, King Belshazzar in, in Daniel chapter 5? We're not going to read the whole thing because it's not going to be time. King Belshazzar saw the writing on the wall. And, and when he saw the writing on the wall, even see, that's where the saying comes like, oh, he already saw the writing on the wall. In other words, consequences are coming, right? And he saw the consequence, and Daniel told him, King... Don't be arrogant. Don't be prideful. And guess what? So, until he repented, before that, the, the, the glory was taken from him, from the king. King Nebuchadnezzar, all this empire that I, that I have built myself, I built this. I've seen pastors talking about huge, uh, you know, huge churches. And they go like, this is the church we built. It's not God built. And they become so arrogant. I've seen this. this. You see this not just in the world. You see this in, in, in the middle of Christian churches. 
in the midst of believers saying this stuff. Nebuchadnezzar went to eat with the animals of the field for seven years. And after seven years, he finally said, everything belongs and the glory belongs to God. And it was given back to him. He says he didn't even cut his nails or took a shower or dress for seven years. Can you imagine how disgusting he might have looked? That's what pride does to people. That's what pride does to people. Uh, but, but there's one, uh, I'm going to, with, with the time we have left, um, King, King Amasiah, father of Uzziah. Um, in, in Second Chronicles chapter 25, I am so amazed how God can bless people sometimes. You know that this king was asking God to help him defeat his enemies. So God says, uh, so he's trying to get people from the southern kingdom of Judah. He's trying to get people from the northern kingdom of Israel because the, the, the nation had been divided. And he's going to the people of Israel and paying some mercenaries to come and help him defeat his enemies. And God says, don't do that. Don't worry about your enemies. I will deliver you from your enemies. You will defeat them. And so the king listened to God. He listened to God, and after he listened to God, he, he went on and he defeated his enemies. And after he defeated his enemies... He saw the gods of his enemies, took his gods, took their gods with him to Judah, worshipped the gods of his enemies after God himself had given him the victory. Can you believe that? So God is like, I can't believe this is happening, right? God is God couldn't even believe. So God sends a prophet. And when he sends the prophet, um, the prophet tells him, King, you are doing so wrong. And God tells him, uh, 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 through the prophet, he tells him, I just, I just gave you victory over those guys. And instead of worshipping me who gave you the victory, you're worshipping the gods who allowed their people to be defeated by you. How can you do that? And when the prophet went there, in verse 16, if we go to the next couple of more slides, we'll, we'll see verse 16. And in verse 16 he says, But the king interrupted the prophet. He interrupted him and said, Since, since when have I made you the king's counselor? In other words, the king is telling the, the, this prophet, Who asked you for advice? You want to know about somebody being arrogant? They don't like to take advice when they're wrong. And the king says, who asked you for advice? Who, who asked you to be, who made you the king's counselor? And he told him, be quiet now before I have you killed. I don't want to hear what God has to say. Even though he gave me the victory. So after him, his son came and reigned. And began doing the right thing before the Lord. And giving victories over other people, other enemies. And his son also became, became arrogant. If you want to read this, just go to Second Chronicles chapter 26. And his son, um, uh, his son Uzziah, goes into the temple. And in the temple he brings incense. 
before God. That was only supposed to be the priest. So now the son, who saw the example of the father being prideful and arrogant against God, after being blessed and having all these victories for himself and the people of Israel, uh, the people of Judah, he comes and, and burns incense. And God and, and, and the priest tells him, "What have you done?" Well, I am the king. I can do whatever I want. He, and actually, the Bible says in verse 16, But when he was strong, he grew proud to his destruction. You, you, know, you know what happened to this guy before he even got out of the temple? Anybody knows? Anybody, anybody remembers Uzziah? He got full of leprosy. He lost everything. It's amazing how... Pride will destroy you. You pride can make you overconfident. I used to, uh, years, years ago, when I was planting my first church, I used to drive as a part-time job. I had a, I had a, I had a job driving a truck, and I drove for RPS. I don't know if you remember that company. It's probably disappeared years ago, but RPS was partnering with UPS. And uh, driving one of those trucks in RPS, uh, one of the questions that they ask you during training, when you're getting trained to drive those big trucks, is uh, who are the drivers more at risk of an accident? Uh, who who have the most possibility of having a bad accident, uh, experienced or a non-experienced driver? So you would think the non-experienced driver, right? It's, it will be the most logical answer. Well, no. is the most experienced driver's who have the most accidents. You know why? Because they become arrogant. And they think, I know what to do. I know when to stop. You don't need to tell me anymore. You're overconfident. When you're prideful, you become overconfident. 1 Corinthians 10.12 says, Therefore let anyone who thinks that he stands, take heed lest he fall. Watch out. You might fall the, less, the minute you less expect it. Proverbs 16, pride goes before destruction. Your pride may develop into an unrealistic, an unrealistic view of yourself. When pride is a part of, your, of the equation, we see ourselves as greater than we are. That's why Romans 12, 3 says, I give you each this warning. Don't think of yourself better than you really are. Be careful not to think better that you are better than you are. Pride causes us to assess our lives by the standards of our own accomplishments rather than God's given identity. Pride is a, is a, is a problem. So let's move over, oh, 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 forward to four. Number four, pride creates a critical spirit. And when I say critical spirit, remember what Matthew chapter 7 verse 4 says. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but you don't notice the log that is in your own eye? And so we become very critical of other people because we don't see our own faults. We don't see our own mistakes. We don't see our own sin, but we do. We are good at seeing it in everybody else. That is pride. It's a danger. It's a danger. So... To finish this morning, what should I do to avoid pride at all costs? 
if you, if you want to avoid pride, do this. Find a way to serve others. You want me to even be more specific with you? Find a way to serve others that don't even look like you, don't even have the type of money you have, you know, that are at a different level than you. Find to serve those people. Let me tell you, pride will run like that from your heart when you learn to serve other people like that. Be humble. Be humble. And when you serve others, remember what Philippians 2.3 says. Do nothing for selfish ambition but con- or conceit. In humility, count others more significant than yourself. So serve others. Be humble. Because before destruction, the, pri- the, pr- the person becomes prideful. But humility comes before honor. Proverbs 16, uh, 16, 19, It is better to be of a lowly spirit with the poor than to divide the spoils with the proud. It is better to be with the humble. James 4.10, Humble yourselves before the Lord, and He will exalt you. Number three, another thing, besides serving people, besides being humble, don't boast about your accomplishments. Let no one, 1 Corinthians 10.17, Let no one who boasts, boast. Uh, let, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. For it is not the one who commands himself who is approved, but the one whom the Lord commands. It's, it, it's, it's up to the Lord, not up to you or me. He's whom He wants, not who, who wants to do it. Be thankful. One of the things that will help you with pride is always be thankful Thankful for everything. Thankful for everybody. Thus says the Lord, Jeremiah said in Jeremiah 9. Let not the wise man boast in his wisdom. Don't boast in your wisdom. Don't, don't boast in your mighty. The mighty man boasting his might. Let not the rich man boast in his riches. So don't say, this is what I created. This is how smart I am. Don't boast. Be thankful. Everything you have. You have received from the Lord. And the same way you got it, the same way it can be taken away from you. Simple. Number five. Think of yourself with sovereign judgment. In other words, see yourself as you are. Don't look at yourself more than what you are. Luke fourteen eleven it says, For everyone who exalts himself will be humble. And he who humbles himself will be exalted. So humble yourself. Number six, love people. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love doesn't, doesn't envy or boast. It is not arrogant. When you love people, you don't become arrogant. Number seven, repent and ask God for forgiveness. Repent and ask God for forgiveness. So now you know. What pride is, how God feels about pride. You know the dangers of pride. You can examine yourself with the list that I gave you to see if you are prideful or not. And what you know now, what you should do about pride. Do not do what the king did when the prophet came over to him and said, King, God says... Well, who are you 
Who made you my counselor? Well, I tell you something. The Word of God is our best counsel. You don't want to see your family destroyed. You don't want to lose your family. You don't want to lose the people you care for and you love. You don't want to lose the things that God has given you. You don't want to lose any of that. Be humble. And recognize that everything you possess comes from the Lord. Our Father in heaven, we thank you so much today for your word. Lord, thank you because you have given us so many verses, so so much good advice. And a lot of times, Lord, it's, it's, it's just a blessing that everything stays recorded so we can review it. There's so much to think about. There's so much to consider. And to listen and to obey to what you're telling us. Help us, Lord, to understand how to be humble. Help us, Lord, because it's, it's not in our nature to be humble. Help us to be a light to other people in the world. In your name we pray. Amen.